Um, hello and welcome to the Trauma and Mental Health Report, the podcast series. We aim to share stories and knowledge on topics related to trauma and mental health with the community. My name is Daniel Sanchez Morales, and I would like to welcome our guests for today's episode. So we have Lauren, uh, we have Bonnie, and we have Sebastian. And I would like to welcome our first uh, speaker for today. Um, her name is Lauren Shannon. Uh, she is the founder and senior immigration consultant for Next Gen Immigration. So, hello, Lauren. How are you doing today? I am good. Thanks so much. Hello, everyone. In order to start a conversation, I would like to ask you, based on your experience, uh, why do you think international students decide to pursue education in different countries around the world, and why specifically Canada? Yeah, I think um, the main reason why international students pursue in different countries is mostly due to the standard of education. Um, if you look at where most of our international students come from, India, um, Nigeria is a big one, um, several other places in Africa, uh, the standard of education isn't as high. Uh, they don't have access to the same technology, the same professors, um, specifically Canada, uh, again, quality of education is very high compared to other countries, and it's highly recognized across the world, right? If you get a degree from Canada, uh, you know that um, many places um, are going to accept that as the degree that it was. For instance, a master's is a master's. Uh, standard of living um, is great. Affordability over other English-speaking countries, such as the UK and the US. Safety, I find, is a big one. And the other one... Um, over countries like the US and even the UK to an extent is the opportunities to one work while you're studying, but then obtain you know, a work permit after you graduate through the postgraduate work permit program, as well as permanent residence um, is a lot easier to obtain, right? Once you've got that one year of work experience, you can then explore Canadian experience class. Um, so I come from India, right? So India is considered a third world country and uh, some of the opportunities that Canada presented were not so prevalent back home in India. Like um, in India, some professions were considered prestigious and some were looked down on. Um, so there was a stigma in being a graphic designer um, and the pay scale was not that good. In, in short, that the opportunities were not that good. That's why I chose Canada uh, because I knew that the industry is good over here. The education is good and I would have ample of opportunities. That's why um, I came here. Great, and um, Sebastian? Well, um, I always wanted to study abroad. Uh, firstly, I was looking for the US, but I think Canada offers more things like uh, better healthcare, for example, and education, I think it's better. Uh, it's also not that expensive to come to Canada. And mm -hmm. I've lived here before. I did an exchange when I was 13 and I really liked it. So yeah, it was definitely like the best choice for me and yeah. also like the country I come from um, it's a good country it really is but I think it doesn't offer many opportunities and the situation over there is kind of complicated so I felt that it was best for me to come here mm -hmm. uh, where uh, from which country are you oh, from Colombia great um so okay and now that you already came to canada that you're experiencing this uh education system my next question it's related to mental health and it's 
what are the major mental health challenges that you as an international student have faced in Canada so far? So we're gonna start with Bonnie again. Yeah, uh, I think the first one that comes to my mind is um, loneliness. Like uh, when I first came, uh, I was, our, because of uh, my culture, we were born and raised in a family uh, kind of situation. So it was like eight or nine or 10 people living in the same house. And um, you always had somebody to talk to. And when I first came here, um, I was basically starting from scratch. So I had no friends. And because I was a student, I didn't really have much money and I had to budget everything. So everything was tough uh, at first, yeah. Okay, uh, what about you, Sebastian? Um, well, the first one that comes to mind is homesickness. I did mm -hmm. a lot of homesickness the first time I came and last semester. And yeah, I didn't really know how to deal with it. And I just felt that it like went away. And it did went away after a couple of days, but like those first days that I got here, they were pretty bad. And pretty bad. I don't know yeah, why. Exactly. It was so bad. You just miss and, home all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't get it like when I'm here, like after a couple of days, but like those first days for me are really, really hard. Mm. And I like I I don't really have many international friends here. So like it was just like I didn't know who to talk to mm. so like yeah you can talk to friends but like it's not, they don't know what you feel because and it's very different so I think yep. homesickness is the biggest one for me yeah that's interesting to uh, listen to because at least here in Toronto like we have uh like a huge population of international students so for us yeah. it's kind of like a little bit easier to find uh yeah find peers and like talk about what you're like going through but like mm. now that you mentioned that that you mentioned that about like calgary it's interesting because i have never heard about that like yeah <laughs> toronto context yeah. is definitely different from the calgary that's definitely different that's how i actually know daniel because me and him met uh at our mutual workplace called indigo mm. um yeah he was an international student as well same as me he had come around the same time as me so uh, we kind of became friends great um um now like diving a little bit into like what is being an international student like once you're situated in a school we we see that some international students start struggling especially with their mental health so uh from your experience like talking with different international students that seek for your support in terms of immigration purposes where what are the major mental health challenges that you think an international student faces in Canada? Uh, so I think it's sort of broken into um, several different stages, right? You've got sort of this um, pre-mental um, health challenge, right, before you come to Canada. Then you've got during. So when you enter Canada, you're faced with other challenges. And then you've got post-immigration. So when you're already here. Right. But I think a lot of what we see um, in terms of the major health challenges is stress right around completing the studies, fitting in culturally, um, anxiety, sleep, um, trouble sleeping and then depression. Right. Whether it's from dealing with finances, language barriers, employment, culture shock. Um, and I think at different stages, it's highlighted. Right. Pre, I think there's a lot of anxiety because you know that you're going you're on your way to somewhere, but you don't know what it's like. And if it's your first time ever coming to Canada, that can be quite scary, 
right? During you're trying to settle, you're, you're, you're struggling with that settlement and then integration into a new environment, right? Um, and then, you know, you've also got this other factor of, you know, discrimination, right? Are, are international students facing discrimination? Um, when they're here, right? Are they struggling with their studies? Uh, you know, the previous education that they have, does it match up to what they're now facing in, you know, a Canadian education? What are the major mental health challenges that you as an international student have faced in Canada so far? So we're gonna start with Bonnie again. Yeah, uh, I think the first one that comes to my mind is um, loneliness. Like uh, when I first came, uh, I was, our, because of uh, my culture, we were born and raised in a family uh, kind of situation. So it was like eight or nine or 10 people living in the same house. And um, you always had somebody to talk to. And when I first came here, um, I was basically starting from scratch. So I had no friends. And because I was a student, I didn't really have much money and I had to budget everything. So. Everything was tough uh, at first, yeah. Okay, uh, what about you, Sebastian? Um, well, the first one that comes to mind is homesickness. I did a lot of homesickness the first time I came and last semester. And yeah, I didn't really know how to deal with it. And I just felt like like went away. And it did went away after a couple of days, but like those first days that I got here, they were pretty bad. And pretty bad, I don't know yeah, why. Exactly. It was so bad. You just miss home and, all the time. <laughs> yeah I mean I don't get it like when I'm here like after a couple of days but like those first days for me are really really hard mm. and I like I, I don't really have many international friends here so like it was just like I didn't know who to talk to mm. so I, like yeah you can talk to friends but like it's not, they don't know what you feel because and it's very different so I think homesickness yep. is the biggest one for me great um based on like these struggles and like their intentions of perhaps like accessing to some support to face these struggles. What are some of the gaps that the mental health system for international students uh, presents? So is it like easy to access to resources or sometimes it's a challenge that they encourage international students to seek for support? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a large portion of when most of it stems from is awareness, right? I don't think international students are aware. Um, maybe one of you know the mental health challenges they may face, right? They may have read a little bit about culture shock, um, you know, not doing as well in school. Maybe they've spoken to people, but I don't think they they're, they're fully aware of what mental health challenges could be, right? Maybe it's as simple as you get here and you know you're in student accommodation, but you don't have a job, right? And your family's helping support you. And then how do you find employment, right? And those are just, you know, the standard day-to-day -day things that someone in this country may be aware of, but someone that wasn't raised here and wasn't brought here, they don't know, right? And then who do you turn to for help? And where do you go for that help, right? And is there a number that you can call or is there a community that you can join, right? Um, and then in terms of access, I think it's sort of the same, right? A lot of students, don't have um, private, uh, sorry, public uh, health insurance, right? So they have to go to um, private health insurance or insurance run by universities. So what does that cover, right? Does that mean that they're going to have to pay out of pocket 
for certain treatments or for help, right? What if they need medication because it's very severe? Um, but I think it really comes down to awareness and access, right? And both of those are pretty limited in terms of that journey of pre, during, and then post-immigration. I wanted to know if you perhaps knew about any mental health resources that you could access to. So, Bonnie? Mm, I did. Uh, so, while I was going through the tough phase of uh, moving to a different country, um, there used to be counseling in George Brown. So, I decided to reach out to the counselors and I did have a few sessions with them. Uh, it did help someone to talk to, um, just helped me ease my anxiety and um, she taught me how to meditate. She was, she was fairly good. What about you, Sebastian? Uh, well, there is like a mental health service in campus and everything, and but it's very difficult to access. Like there is the whole thing for international students, but like okay. when you go, like it's usually full, and it takes a while to get a, an appointment. So like I did on my first year, I got here and I did an appointment because of, I think the second day was the hardest for me, and they didn't have an appointment until like two weeks later, and the two weeks I was fine. So I was like, okay, what what's the point? And there are some, like, even, like, I live in residence at the university, so there's, like, um, a group of people that help you over there. But, again, it's always full. It's usually not an appointment. So, like, I usually just end up, like, like my dad says, suck it up and move on. So <laughs> that's how I grew up. So that my dad is just, like, you know, keep moving on. There's nothing else to do. Just go ahead. Okay. And in that sense, I would like to ask you both, um, do you feel supported by your post-secondary institution when it comes about mental health? So, Bonnie, you can go first now that you shared your experience about going to counseling. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was definitely an effort to support me. It didn't really help me um, in terms of actually going out there and tackling what was bothering me. <laughs> um, it did in certain aspects, but it was just somebody to listen to. Yeah, so I think that they could um, make more effort in terms of what direction you want to go in. I get that they're trying to um, support you, uh, clear your mind, but the people who are actually there, uh, some of them were also like co-op students. <laughs> so they, they didn't, weren't really professionals, some of them, not all of them, but yeah, they could definitely okay. use some work. Yeah. Okay, and what about you, Sebastian? Uh, that you mentioned that you had like admissions with appointments and stuff. Well, I do feel that there's support, but like I feel there's like not enough. Like um, mm. I do feel more more supported by my professors. Like last semester when I got here, I was really homesick. I was so able to talk to my favorite professor, and like she helped me out because she's also. I mean, she was an international student here, but now you know she's living in Calgary for a while, and she yeah. really helped me get through that it was like my professor it's not like somebody that you know a professional it's a communications professor so like i did i do feel supported but more by like faculty like not the faculty that's meant to help you for that like my professors i do feel really supported by my professors i don't think i have mm. a single bad professor in my three years so far so like i do feel supported by them for the majority of time makes absolute sense so like leading into our next question that it's uh, somehow related. It's, for example, uh, you mentioned a little bit about systematic issues in this case, but what about cultural background? So how does your cultural background may impact your decision or 
or whether in whether or not accessing mental health support? Yeah, so a lot of people, I mean, we do work with a lot of international students across the world. Um, and I find one of the biggest concerns that have been at least voiced to me is a cultural fear, right? In their country, it may not be accepted to have mental health issues, right? Or they may have concerns that, you know, if they share that with their family, their family will feel disappointment or anger or weakness, right? Um, and you see that in a lot of countries like India who have a very, very different um, take on mental health um, issues, right? And, and how to deal with those and the support that's available to people in the country to deal with those, right? And, and because of sometimes the way that it is handled, there's a lot of fear that, you know, is Canada the same? Is it different? What will happen, right? And then how will my family feel, right? They're spending a lot of money for me to come here and to succeed, but I'm struggling, right? Um, and I find a lot of international students don't want to be open with, with their family members because of the support that they're getting from them financially. In, in this line of like not asking to support, there's like this um, fear, at least in Canada, in terms of immigration uh, purposes, like we do know that Canada, Canada it's uh, pretty flexible when it comes about immigration. And as you mentioned, like one of the advantages of being an international student is to access to a post-study work permit, which uh, consequently will, will lead you to access to a permanent residency and possibly a citizenship which I believe it's a Canadian dream. Uh, however, like mental challenges might still be stigmatized. And in this idea, uh, my question for you is, uh, if an international student access to mental health resources, such as like counseling or like uh, any other kind of resource, uh, would this affect their immigration process in the future? Why or why not? Because like there's some rumors that even if you access to mental health and there's a record uh, record of like your accessing this might or might not affect your eligibility to access to uh, posterior uh, immigration benefits. Yeah, and I mean, inadmissibility in terms of immigration is very broad, right? Um, even within the medical inadmissibility section of that, um, right, the, there's very specific requirements for an officer to have concerns that you could be medically inadmissible. Right. So um, the three main areas are, you know, a danger to public health, a danger to public safety and then excessive demand on health or social services. Um, most commonly, you'll see the excessive demand used in medical inadmissibility. And really what that looks at is a dollar amount. Right. So it's just over twenty four thousand per year over a five year period. So it's just over one hundred and twenty thousand. So in order for the officer to have concerns that you're in excessive demand on you know, health or social services, you have to be spending, um, you know, at least 24,000 on health or social services per year over the five-year period to equivalent to 120,000, right? So just to give an example of something that could potentially make someone medically inadmissible would be cancer, right? Um, a very severe form of cancer or, or kidney failure, right? Um, and not necessarily does it mean that they'll be refused because there is a concern, um, it just means that they'll be given an opportunity to explain why it shouldn't be a concern, right? And they do that through a procedural fairness letter. Um, so for someone that, you know, maybe has to go on going to a counselor, right, while they're in school, the odds of that ever getting to a point, provided that it's not, 
you know, a mental illness that's a danger to public health or a danger to public safety um, is very, very low, right? Um, and in fact, most of the time, you know, if an international student has run into some challenges with mental health, um, they can actually leverage that in a positive way, right? The government and, and obviously being in Canada, mental health is a very big topic right now. And it's something that is on the radar um, for Canada, I would say. So even in some of our applications, if there's been struggles meeting grades or they've had failed courses or they've had to take time off the school, right? Those things can potentially have an impact on you getting a postgraduate work permit, right? Or extending your study permit. But if you try and, you know, uh, explain why, right? This is what happened. And I've been going to counseling for this, right? There was a death in my family. Um, and then I, my grades suffered because, because of that, right? There are ways around it so that, you know, you can actually uh, positively impact your Canadian status if you may have problems getting a new status, like a, a study permit extension, right? Or a postgraduate work permit. Perfect. And now just to get like a final closing for this episode. And now that we just debunk some of the myths or like common misconceptions about accessing to mental health uh, resources as an international student, my final question to you is, what do you think is needed to encourage international students to access a uh, mental health support, whether like uh, from the institutions itself or like from any other spaces? Yeah, so I think, you know, going back to that thought process of pre, during and post, right, I think at each of those stages there should be access and obviously pre, um, while the school could get involved at that point, you know, it would be nice to see um, Canadian immigration getting involved, right? I, I, um, a lot of times when people get permanent residence, they give them this nice little sheet of how to, right? And this is what you should do when you enter Canada. And these are the resources that you should use, right? We don't see students get those, um, not, not to the extent of, of permanent residence. So it would be nice if there was something specifically targeting mental health, given how much mental health has impacted us all, you know, over the last two years with COVID. So from a pre-aspect, I think immigration could do more. Um, during and post, right, when a student's here in Canada and they're settled, um, I think it would be very beneficial if schools got more involved, right? Um, you have your, you know, your greetings and you have, um, you know, those meetings where you are welcoming everyone and the welcome ceremonies, right? It would be nice if international students specifically had a designated person or a place or a group where they could go to, right? Because obviously going to school is very scary for everyone, but when you've traveled across the world to do it, those people are going to face different issues than the ones that have, you know, family in Canada or, or have lived here their entire life. So if there was something from the school that said, okay, international students, you know, for the next week, we're going to meet, we're going to talk about our transition, we're going to talk about things that you may experience, during this transition period, right? Whether that's sleeping trouble or anxiety or, you know, a feeling of just uneasiness that you don't belong, right? So people, one, know that it's normal and they're not alone, um, but two, they have a place to go um, that can, they can get help, right? And, and in that group, they can say, okay, well, you know, in the school we have counseling, right? And we have designated, designated counselors that deal specifically with the issues international students may face, right? Or we have, um, you know, counselors that speak, speak many different languages, right? A lot of people feel more comfortable speaking in their native tongue, right? Um, versus to someone that's predominantly, you know, only spoken English the whole life, right? So um, I think 
there's a lot that could be done on, on every phase of that, pre, during, and post. What are some of the reasons international students may or may not ask for help? Um, based on your cultural background as, as well, like, do you think that your cultural background or like your international friends' cultural background may impact uh, on whether or not you want to access to these resources? So we can start mm. with Bonnie again. Yeah, um, in my culture, nobody has um, gone to a counseling session or a therapy session because um, again, it's considered stigma back, back home. Like they don't really consider mental health as a subject of its own. Like people do really do need work on, on their mental health. So nobody went there. But the reason that uh, it pushed me to do it because I have been feeling um, things inside me that I could not explain to myself. So I knew that I needed someone to guide me. That's the reason it pushed me to do it. Yeah. And cool. I was always interested in into exploring certain kind of mental health things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same. Like, my, I mean, yeah. the background where I come from is kind of similar. It's kind of like taboo, mm -hmm. just killed. Nobody really told me that growing up. And like, I remember when I was very little, my dad told me, like, I grew up way worse than you and I'm doing fine. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I just need to like suck it up and move on. But <laughs> he has changed, like he's not like that anymore. But it right. was definitely like that. I'm like, no, like growing up, like, never heard of like mental health and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. like, again, I don't really have a lot of international friends here. So like it's kind of difficult for me to mm -hmm. talk about their background and stuff. But like in my experience, it's just very different. But yeah, I do see like a lot of cultures taboo talk about it and that's why a lot of people don't want to you know seek help for it yeah we're getting close to the end of this episode and my last question for you both is based on these experiences and the encounters that you have had with uh, different mental health uh, resources at your school or like anywhere else what do you think is needed to encourage international students to access mental health support so we're going to start with Bonnie. i think um just letting them know that the resources are there for them. Uh, some of them don't even know that there are some resources that might be able to help them. So I guess transparency on that front or just exposure will, will help, yeah. Uh, well, and I would think that, I mean, I, I am aware of that there are services and I think everybody knows because we get like we weekly emails about okay. it. Like we get like a weekly newspaper thing on our emails when they say like, oh, there's like the support, there's this event, all that. And in that email, there's yeah. like the health, uh, mental health thing. Uh, but I would say that they could like be better in like making it seem that it's normal. Well, I mean, it is normal mm. to seek for help because like, I remember when I got here first year, um, all of the international people were having a blast. Like they were partying and doing all this stuff. And I was so homesick to do anything. And I was like, why is, like, I didn't feel like normal. I felt like everybody was partying, everybody was doing all this stuff. And I didn't feel okay to, you know, have fun to do anything. So like making them, letting them know that it's normal to seek for help, that you feel like overwhelmed, everybody feels, but like letting them know it's normal to feel overwhelmed and on the many different topics that arise in university, especially for international students. I think that could be like a thing on the emails, like, because they say like, oh yeah, here we are, but like, you know, give a little bit more explanation on it and mm -hmm. give like, yeah, more detail into what the service entails and everything. So yeah, I think that could help. Great, and I think that this is a really nice uh, wrap up. I just remind our listeners that accessing to mental health support is something that 
shouldn't be ashamed of. And, uh, and a special call out to all of international students listeners, regardless of the country that you're listening uh, from, you, you should ask for help whenever you feel stuck or you feel that you need some support because uh, this will also help you to um, better improve uh, any any aspect of your life moving forward with your studies or with your personal development. Uh, so you you have reached the end of this episode with the Trauma Mental Health Report podcast. Thanks for joining us. Connect with us at trauma.blog.yourview.ca. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and newsletter to see our latest content. I will see you at the next next episode. And I will I want one again thanks uh Bonnie and Sebastian for being with us today. So you can say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.